Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today we are joined by our good friend, one Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It is October 24th, and uh, it, if time is flying by, time is flying by as it always is. And don't you know, Connor, the Bruins have started off quite hot. Quite hot. And all those people who were heartbroken at the end of last year, the Bruins are roping them right back in. When I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Pull me back in. That's the case. Uh, I saw someone reply to one of my tweets saying, uh, yeah, the Bruins are 5-0, but... This is when they're gonna, the wheels are going to start to fall off. And I, I wanted to reply, and I'm replying on the, on, on the podcast, it's not April or May yet. Got him, you know? Just got him. I mean, what are you again, do? I, I still don't get, like, I understand the, the negative sentiment and, like, this team has uh, crushed uh, their loyal fans' hearts multiple times. Like, I get it. Many times, the people, yes. The people who are like, I'm not going to watch this year because I know what, because uh, of last year. It's like, that mindset's like as if like uh, I, I mentioned it before, like if Breaking Bad came out and like the first season or, or season or two is great, and everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta watch this show," and I'm like, "I'll wait till how I have to figure out how it ends." I'm not gonna watch <laughs> it. Like well, that sounds like a miserable way to live your life. It sounds it like does. a boring ass way to live your life. So just enjoy it. The team's doing well. They're gonna be competitive. I think at the very least we can all say that this is a team that's going to be in the mix all year long. Has younger players. Enjoy it. And you know, you know what? Maybe you'll end up being surprised when you get to when you get to spring, or maybe they'll lose again. Who knows? But you know what? Like <laughs> that's sports. Enjoy it. Like exactly, better. you could be like the Patriots before this last game against the Bills, which is like just a week long misery parade. Like, please enjoy what you have right now. Also, what else would you do with your time in the Nothing. winter? Oh, people, are you going to watch? Are just full of, people are also just full of shit. They'll still watch the games. Like. What are you, are you going to watch other games? Are you going to become like, you no, know, they, they, you don't know how those teams uh, seasons going to end either. So like, what's the point? What's the point of doing anything? Exactly. No, I've ne- I've never understood that. Um, I get it. You know, and, and when the moment hits like last April, you know, obviously you look at it and go, man, can't believe I was, you know, hanging on every puck bounce this entire season with this team and this and that. I also think the expectations have changed. Uh, you know, I think internally, obviously, they still think they're cup contenders. But, you know, Bergeron, Krejci, a lot of those, you know, Hall, Bertuzzi are gone. It's a different looking team this year, which makes it more fun, in a sense, to watch and to, to follow every week, um, which is obviously what we do. So maybe we're a little biased, but I don't think we are because I still do it with every other team I watch. Um, but it's interesting. I always love uh, the people. And it's also fun, you know, when, when your heart does get broken, you're heartbroken with like a million other people. So it's like you're in it together. You know, you're, you're feeling that a parade of misery. Exactly. Great. You do it at once. Everyone's in a bad mood at the same time every year. Um, but Bruins go out West. They take care of business three and Oh, they get wins over the sharks, the Kings, the ducks. Um, why can't the ducks just wear those jerseys every single Please. game? I mean, what, like, I feel like the, it's the sentiment, uh, you know, sort of what people are saying is so loud at this point with this team, where are those every game? Why are you, why are you wasting your time with the D and the, the black and the orange home jerseys they wear that are really weird? Um, but anyways, we'll start here. Uh, opening thoughts on the Cali trip. What, what do you have? Uh, 
I'd like to uh, formally apologize because uh, my last podcast, Pump Bear, did with Ty Anderson. We raised the point of, is Matt Potra hitting a wall? And he said, screw you, man. Because, uh, again, as has been the case uh, throughout, I think, his limited time pair, even during the preseason where um, every time the Bruins have handed him a tough test or there's been some adversity, he kind of takes it on the chin and, and, and responds and delivers. And I think... He had a really quiet game against San Jose, um, built his game a lot more against the Kings, didn't have any points, but was making plays looking like the guy we've seen pretty much since the start of the preseason and then breaks through with a two-goal game. Um, and just impressive all around. He also had that great setup to, I think it was Kevin Shattenkirk in the second period. Like, he just looks like a guy that belongs, right? And uh, it, it's one thing where you look at, the nine game sample size and you can debate whether or not he's already earned that spot, which I kind of think he has, like he's got his signature game now. Like all these guys mentioned, like Lucic, when he had his nine game sample size, he points to that Gordy out hat trick he had in game four against the Kings as being like, all right, this was my moment. Uh, Don Sweeney even mentioned like Pasternak got two goal game against the Flyers when he was 18. That was the moment they were like, all right, this guy's stamped out a spot. You can view that as the same, uh, through the same lens with someone like Patra and, it's not just the fact that I think he's should be rewarded for answering the call and continuing to adjust and fight through the challenges we all expected he would face in the NHL level, but then comes down to the fact that when you look at this team, they're better when he's out there. Like one, he's impacting the game positively. He's generating high danger chances. He's he's creating passes in great AI. So like he's doing those things that is impacting a team that is still trying to find its cohesion at five on five play but also again i don't think the four lines are set in stone but if you have a spot where potra can take over and a guy like coil is still with frederick and van reams like again the pieces start falling more into place like even if you could make the argument that a Marshan zaka posternak line is a little too top heavy it becomes a lot more feasible if potra's playing well with geeky and debrus driving play we know what coil can do next to frederick like pieces start falling to play and things start you start having some cohesion there if that's the lines you want to roll with. And it's not like Potra's been a passenger. Like, he's impacting the game night in and night out, especially with a guy like Geeky, which is good to see. I think Geeky's had a really strong start to the year. I think they played off each other very well. So, I mean, that has to be the biggest takeaway, right? This was the biggest question mark going into the year. This was the most consequential thing about whether Potra could impact the game and, and fill out a spot down the middle. I think so far he's, he's answered, especially that game against Anaheim, which was – Huge for him and huge for the Bruins, I think. I, I was going to say, I mean, they were supposed to lose that game last night. Yes. They, they were not playing great. They, they were. It was not not a good game, especially the first two. No, it wasn't. And the details weren't there. And you can make a case that the whole trip, there were a lot of details missing throughout, a little bit messy at times, um, you know, throughout those three games. And, you know, again, that first goal goes to the right spot, right? Geeky, I think it was Geeky who found him yeah. in front of the net. Just... Finds a little soft spot, gets a stick out there, uh, puts it in, and then the second goal is, you know, again, being in a good spot, being the screen on that play. Um, And I just think he plays with such confidence. You look at, you know, know, the way he handles the puck along the half walls, uh, you know, just his edge work, getting away from guys and stuff. It's impressive. And, you know, I'm with you. I think we've both been on the same page kind of his entire time. Uh, before and after we came around to wanting him up for the nine games um, is that, you know, uh, he belongs here. He belongs here. And I think, you know, again, that Anaheim game, I mentioned it, you know, like details are missing. 
Second night of a back-to-back out in the West Coast. It's the last game of that of being out in California before you head to Chicago. And it's the kid who comes through for you. Like, I think that says a lot. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, yes, quiet gaming at San Jose and, you know, three points in five games. I think some people were expecting, <laughs> you know, light the world on fire in these nine games. I think you got to temper the expectations a bit. But, you know, if you can continue on this kind of pace of – consistently impacting the game in little ways and then every now and again getting an assist getting a goal finishing the year with i think we've said around 40 to 50 points like somewhere in that range you're cooking you are cooking and that's a great thing so again getting ahead of myself a little bit with the point totals but i just think he looks good and it's all as i said it's the details too it's the little things um and it gives you a lot of options I continue to go back to that, and you hit it. Like, if you can now have Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, Frederick. Um, I also was looking at that. Have you looked at that new NHL.com, the new NHL Edge thing? I'm on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, saw, I saw your face light up, and I said, he's, he's, he's searching the interwebs for something. Uh, I think all of Patra's shots, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I was looking through a lot of different players. I was, you know, like a kid in a candy store yeah. today, just like, oh, all these like different players. Flashes, like- it is like, oh, the patterns are so complicated. Um, the advanced stats are so complicated. Um, I believe all, most of Patra's shots are from right in front of the net. I think it's um, five of eight are like in the direct low slot. I think it's like, yeah, I think five of his eight shots are high danger looks. So. Yes, which is which is solid. And I get I know a lot of people want him to shoot more. It was funny actually uh, on that power play with like a minute left on Sunday night. He was just gunning to get that hat trick. Like he was. There was a point he came off the half wall. There were guys open to pass to. Nope, I'm I'm taking this shot. And obviously yeah. Gibson made the stop. Um, one other thing on that NHL edge thing that I thought was interesting is uh, the most of the Bruins shots are from high danger areas. Yeah. They don't have many around the perimeter. And I think that's a really good freaking thing. What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of building off of, I think, what we saw a lot of last year with Jim Montgomery, where the emphasis is quality over quantity. Um, again, you could probably make the argument that they could probably get a little bit more offensive generation from their defensemen uh, in terms of more shots up high. But they're not settling for things that are going to get blocked or anything like that. Like They're being really selective with their shots. And when you have... Obviously, a 60-goal score like Pasternak leading the way, that helps out. That can help you kind of skewer those stats a little bit. But this is a team that's built in a way where, again, scoring is not going to be nearly as easy for them as it was last year. you got a lot of bigger guys that do most of their damage down low. Makes sense. You want to be more uh, selective, uh, you know, extend ozone time, cycle the puck, and generate chances that way. So, again, it's you got kind of two different ideologies. I mean, Vegas more or less. One with the, the Cassidy approach, right, of just shot volume, like Carolina does that. That You do a lot. You know, there's different ways you can value that. But so far, it's worked out in terms of the Bruins generating better looks down low. And, again, you keep up that formula. It's not, not rocket science. You keep on firing pucks in the low slot. It's going to help your chances of scoring some goals. So I think it's especially with a guy like Patra, that's really encouraging to see. That's something that I think is kind of ingrained in younger players. You either have it or you don't in terms of that willingness to operate down in that area of the ice. And uh, he's shown it so far. I mean, that's what we've mentioned before is like, that's why, again, he kind of reminds you a little bit of like someone like Point, Braden Point. Like, again, not saying he's going to be the same player. He's not going to be racking up 85 points, but not a big guy, but is, you know, fearless in terms of getting into that that area of the ice, making plays with that limited time of space. And he has the skill set to do that. And you've seen that so far from Pelotra of just 
being in the right spot, making the right reads and generating the chances will be there for you if you operate in that part of the ice. I think my favorite part of the Potra discourse is, you know, someone will say like a, a comparison, but, you know, say, hey, you know, it kind of reminds me of and there's like 25 people with pitchforks and, and, and uh, you know, flames running at them like, no, 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 shut up. No, 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 don't say that. So. I think that might be my favorite uh, part of the. Yeah, we'll, we'll clip that. We'll, we'll clip that. Matthew Potter is the next Braden Point. Just clip it now. Point. I'm saying he's the next Patrice Bergeron. I'll, I'll freaking say it. I'll, I'll, I'll freaking say it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I think impressive end. And I also think it's it's one of those things. You know, Jerry Seinfeld used to talk a lot about how uh, when a comedian does a set. Uh, sometimes you hit that 50 minute mark, an hour mark, and you say, wow, that's really good. You know, that's strong. And then the comedian goes a little bit longer and you go, oh, it's a little too long. And it's the ending that people remember most. And yes, I said the San Jose game was not Patra's best. The the Kings game, he, you know, built on that a little bit, was a little bit better. Anaheim connects. I think that's what people are going to remember. And I'm glad for his sake that it was that final game of um, the Western conference or the Western road trip. Now you got to go back uh, to Chicago. There's other things I want to get to from this trip because I think there's a lot of other takeaways. One big one that had everybody riled up on Saturday. But first, a word from our sponsor. All right. Quick second here to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Now, back to the conversation. So one big takeaway, uh, from, and you've been tweeting about this a lot over the last three days is the goaltending. And we've said this before the season, you know, this team is going to go as far as the Olmark and Swayman tandem can go. And through five games, I mean, these two guys are on another planet. I mean, they like, you know, Swayman has elevated his game. Olmark has basically picked up where he left off last year. They're just, again, you have to consider they have not played anybody, you know, that's likely to be in the cup final uh, come, come the spring. But I still think, you know, the early signs of the way Omar's playing, the way Swayman's playing, there's a lot to like so far. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be their biggest key and kind of the anchor of their success this year is going to come down to defense and goaltending. And you could make the case this team could be three and two or something like that. It wasn't for the level of goaltending they're, they're, they've received. I mean, even I think that Anaheim game, I think Anaheim had, I think it was like the 3.4 expected goals. Like, again, that's a sign of a goalie stealing game like that especially there was extended stretches where 
the Ducks were dominating the Bruins. Uh, Should have had game. a goal. Should have had yeah. more than than uh, one goal. Yeah. So I, I mean, you look at him and, and Swayman. Both guys are playing at a really high level, and it goes back to again when we had the discourse during the off season about like trading a guy. Like, if you had a, a top pick or first round picks or what have you, maybe you have to weigh that option. But this team was not going to move. A guy like Swayman, a really young, talented goalie, or a guy like Olmark, the reigning Besna winner, just for a cap dump or anything like that. Like these guys are too good, they're too important to this team. And um, if you look at, you know, a lot of teams can view a goalie rotation how much it's worth investing in two guys. When you're the Bruins and you have two number one goalies, guys that can take over games, and again, it's a long season. There's going to be stretches where these guys hit lulls. What helped them so much last year is that whenever there was a bit of a lull for one of those two guys, the other guy didn't falter. There was never a stretch where it was like two, both of them had really rough games where you have to kind of build off of that. And again, that happens to every single goalie, but few teams have the luxury of having a guy you can turn to to really kind of uh, stem the tide there when things kind of go go south for a goaltender over the long course of the season. Um, and yeah, they've, they've just both been money so far. And I think, you look at the way this team is built and how good they are already in net uh, and how good they are defensively. It gives you a leeway and more time to kind of sort out this forward core. Cause again, that's still very much a work in progress. And even if Potter stays past these nine games, still have a lot of work to do in terms of getting a consistent, you know, cohesion, a cohesive unit with that forward core. But tell you what, that trial and error that those lineup switches and, and reshuffles a lot easier to do in the middle of a, a season or in the middle of a game, even when you have, uh, a brick wall in that. So it helps out quite a, quite a bit in terms of how the Bruins have navigated this early start to the season. Exactly. I mean, it lets you try things out. The other thing I'll say is, and I've liked this through five games so far, I don't know if it's intentional on Montgomery's part, uh, just because obviously Omar was going to get the first game of the season. He's a Vesna winner. I think it's sort of how the schedule's played out. But I think a good thing is, through the five games, Swayman got the Predators and the Kings, which of those five teams were the two best ones. Whereas last year was the opposite. You know, Swayman would get sort of the, the lower ranked teams and Omar would get the higher ranked ones. So I like that so far. You know, give Omar, give Swayman a little bit tougher of a workload. Um, you know, give him some tougher teams. He can handle it. You know, he's a younger guy. Let him let him kind of cook against those teams. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a goalie expert. Neither of us are goalie Bob. Um, but through five games, I mean, both look. No one can be goalie Bob, by the way. Nobody, nobody can be goalie Bob. That's impossible. No. Um, There's only one it, goalie Bob. There's no goalie it, Evan. There's no goalie. No, corner. no. Oh God, not definitely not goalie Evan. Please, no goalie Evan. Um, but no, overall, I mean, I think those two have picked up where they left off, and you hit it. I mean, they're going to be lulls. Can't get, can't panic. You know, Connor, the first lull that hits, it's going to be trade them. Trade them. You need to. You need to add either picks or uh, add, you know, someone in the top six. You know it's coming. Um, but uh, so far, so good on that front uh, with with those two guys. Uh, speaking of the trading thing, which is a lot of trade discourse uh, on uh, Saturday when it was announced that Jake DeBrusque would be scratched from Saturday night's game in L.A., due to being late to a team meeting. Everyone, I think in LA, everyone's like, oh God, what did he do? You know, what was he doing out there? Uh, and he was just late to a team meeting, um, gets scratched. And then I thought he was a lock to score on Sunday. I thought that was like, oh, that's an easy one. And as he was going in on the breakaway, I think it was, was it a shorthanded breakaway? I think it, it was, was shorthanded. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking as he's coming in, I'm like, 
I should have freaking bet that. Anytime goal scored, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, didn't end up scoring, but was effective. Um, should we be worried about Jake DeBrusque and his standing with the Bruins? Uh, I mean, I don't really think so. I mean, both Montgomery and uh, I guess most importantly, Montgomery said, you know, shit happens. You know, these things do happen occasionally. DeBrusque was accountable after the game. You know, wasn't a wasn't a Devontae Parker situation or anything like that. Like, guy, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy, uh, you know, DeBrusque admitted that he messed up there. You can't have that. You have to be accountable in that spot. So I think it was warranted from Montgomery to sit him. And, you know, DeBrusque acknowledges it. You know, I don't know if – I don't think you should really read into in terms of, like, what, what is he trying to do? Is, is he trying to get off the team? Is he not – like, no, I don't – I wouldn't put any credence at all into that. You, you don't want to see it, especially from a guy that's, you know, 27 has been around for a while. Um, but I think it's all about how he builds off of it and you look at how he played in that game against Anaheim, especially with Patra. If you can put that in the past and have it be something that gets uh, forgotten – in a couple of weeks, in a month or so, and he's producing, I think all gets forgiven there. I don't think this is a situation where you should read into it all in terms of his standing or where he wants to go. I think he wants to be here long term, um, but he's going to have to produce and, and warrant whatever that new contract is. And at least Sunday seemed like a step in the right direction for him. And if he can get some chemistry with Potter and Gigi, who have been really good together, it sure helps out the Bruins, right? Yeah, it does. I also think it's definitely not intentional on DeBrusque's part because it's a contract year. This is a yes. big year. Yes, you don't want to miss games. You don't really want to move to be like, I'm <laughs> going to intentionally be late and it hurt my value in my contract year just because I'm supposedly not happy or whatever narrative you want to throw out there. Like very bold move on his part. That's what he did. It's like George Costanza doing the opposite. Jake DeBrusque, like, yes. you know what? To get my long-term deal, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to take the Stanley Cup uh, trophy from 2011 and drive around with it in the back of the parking lot and let it, uh, you know, roll across the ground. You know, I, I think at the time, you know, it's funny. I, I actually like the move by Montgomery. I do. Um, you get standards. You got to hit them. Everybody's got to hit them. And it's one game of 82. You sort of got to you got to enforce stuff. And I know there were a lot of questions about Montgomery after last season, how much of the team was was him and how much was Patrice Bergeron. And, you know, what was the authority he had over the team? And I think this is something that proves, yeah, he's got he's the coach. He's the head coach. Um, and I think you got to kind of have those standards uh, and enforce them. I also think it kind of lights a fire under DeBrusque's ass because he hasn't been producing uh, th- or he hadn't at the time through uh, three games a lot. So I think getting him going. Um, kind of a wake-up call for him. Tough week for him, by the way. You had that Nesson TikTok that was everybody being like, yeah, he can't pack. He, you know, Does he wash his clothes? Jesus, Which is, again, the most skewered. unsurprising thing ever of like the rest of the team just piling on Jake DeBrusque in, in any oh, situation. Yeah. So, but yeah, the timing <laughs> was not great. It wasn't great. Then there was uh, Jakob Lauko put out something, a tweet about DeBrusque. I forget what it said, but it was kind of a chirp. And so poor kid, you know, probably, you know, uh, comes to a a meeting late and, uh, you know, has to sit for Saturday's game. But a tough week for DeBrusque, only up from here. Um, And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think uh, this is like, oh, you know, this is. He's on his way out. The trade request is being sent right back in. They're calling Bruce Cassidy back from Vegas. Uh, I don't think that that's happening. I think this is a one-time thing. Again, if it happens again, then yeah, you then have you something problem. real. Yeah, you got to yeah. <laughs> have a problem. Stop sleeping through meetings, buddy. Um, but uh, yeah, I think overall, you know, not something to be super worried about back in the lineup um, on Sunday. So 
that is that. So uh, lots of interesting stuff from that Cali trip. I know you and I will be back on Poke the Bear Wednesday, uh, kind of breaking down what we want to see, some bigger picture takeaways from the first uh, bunch of games. Uh, over on the Boston.com and the Boston Globe side, what can people look forward to from you, Connor? Yeah, we're going to be covered throughout this season, whether it's looking at Potter's development, the lineup reshuffles, the you know trends from this early stretch of the year. I'm sure I think we're going to have uh, kind of a takeaways of what we saw over this four game road trip after they play uh, Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks once again. So a lot to uh, take in, even though it's been an extended stretch uh, with not a lot of games in between. Still plenty to talk about and there'll be more to talk about throughout the season. So you can read all of our stuff over at Boston.com and the Globe. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. More Connor Bedard, but now it's going to be Patra versus Bedard, and you know they there both go. got more experience than they they'll did. They'll both do that. They'll do that little Gretzky goal counter, both and <laughs> score again. So, I hope they do. I hope they do. Um, but anyways, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brewers be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Deep.